Welcome to TRC Talks, a podcast by The Reynolds Company, an authorized Rockwell distributor. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining and exploring the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Brad Freeman, and welcome to our first episode of 2021. In today's episode, Wayne and David Newt are tackling the topic of IIoT, or the Industrial Internet of Things. This is a great discussion and is a companion piece to the Tech Talk online presentation on the same subject, which can be found at the Reynolds Company's YouTube page. Also, a link to that will be found in our show notes. We don't have any further announcements today, so please enjoy this week's episode. So welcome back to TRC Talks, the podcast from the Reynolds Company. And today we're going to look at a recent Tech Talk topic that we did on the subject of IIoT or the Industrial Internet of Things. And joining me today is David Newt, who gave that presentation. Um, welcome, David. How you doing, Wayne? Good to see you again. Good, good. And you've been a, a guest before with us, so welcome back. And we thought we would start with just kind of the, the point of that tech talk we did was IIoT, Internet of Things, but just with the industrial slant to it, just to, therefore the extra I. We kind of thought, you know, maybe this is not a necessarily new topic, right? I, IoT is not a new topic here in 2021, but it's something that I think is kind of gaining traction, maybe more with our customer base than we've seen lately. And I guess we thought we'd maybe start with um, some of the, the things from that presentation you gave. And first, the definition: what what would we, how would we define IIoT, or how would you explain it to somebody who? doesn't really understand what that is. Yeah, that's a good way. And, you know, when, when I did the talk, I am, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an IT expert. I don't come from an IT background. And so, and, and with my experience in automation, um, a lot of times when I see these, you know, IOT isn't new, like you said, but, but a, a kind of a buzz, a buzzword that's been around for a while. I, I like to kind of start from the beginning to try to get a perspective of someone that's sort of walking into this new, and so so a lot of times I'll you know I'll go to Wikipedia and say, okay, well, what does what does Wikipedia think this this topic is? And so and so the, the the wiki definition of the Industrial Internet of Things is interconnected sensors, instruments, and other devices <clears throat> networked together using industrial applications. And so as soon as I read that, you know, kind of generic, but as soon as I read that, I thought, well, that's what you know, that's what the traditional automation space has been doing for decades. And so, yeah, it's a good beginning, but I figured, well, there has to be, there has to be something else that really makes IIoT different from, from what we've been doing, you know, for, for at least for my whole automation career started in the late 1990s. Kind of, yeah, I want to kind of talk about what, what kind of, what is that traditional method? Um, I guess some of that was tied to the Purdue model, perhaps, and, and how we traditionally stream data from the plant floor all the way up. Yeah. And so, and so the, yeah, exactly. So the Purdue model like came to mind, mind immediately is, you know, the kind of a data structure that, that we've lived in for a long time. And, and I think that sort of evolved organically a little bit. And so you've got, you know, you've got six levels 
but each level is doing common uh, common function. So you know, so you're starting at the bottom or at the level zero. You've got your process devices, so your sensors, your actuators, uh, your instruments, and and those are really the you know at the plant floor, the manufacturing uh, environment, the source of all this information, the ultimate source. You go up to level one, which is your uh, your basic control. So your controllers, uh, you know, traditionally your PLCs or your process controllers. Level one kind of consolidates that instrument data into several places, not really one place, but maybe maybe uh, four or five different specific uh, places. And then from level one, you get into your visualization level or your supervisory control layer. So you're, you've got operators looking at, at operator screens. You've got engineers looking at, at engineering workstations, um, et cetera. So you've got, you still have that sort of that real-time zone of operating a, a manufacturing or pr- a process facility. Um, in those three zones, and and then obviously you move up, and you you need plant-wide systems. So you've got the next level would be your plant-wide historian, or maybe your plant-wide maintenance server. You've got the next level. You've got really mostly a server infrastructure, and so once you build that server plant-wide infrastructure, you know you've got headquarters folks that want to do analytics or. Uh, you want to connect to business systems for, or you know, for for warehousing, for su- supply chain, and, and so. But between the plant and the enterprise, you've got this whole security zone that has to happen, um, that, you know, where IT plays a, a, a big role. So you've got you've got uh, firewalls and proxies and gateways and all those kinds of things. And so you know, so when I think of that first wiki definition, this that's kind of what I think of is is this. You know, these sensors, instruments, and other devices, and then and then once we get those devices into into the backbone of the of of automation of the automation system, and then we push that automation information up up to the enterprise. That sounds kind of um, I guess that's one of those things that I guess over over the decades it just evolved, right? So right, it, right. It definitely sounds more cumbersome than maybe we've ever thought mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're, we're pretty used to getting data off the plant floor into a controller and into the SCADA system perhaps, but mm-hmm. beyond that, we don't really think about what it takes to get data up throughout. So that's, it does seem very complicated and right. really perhaps expensive. Yeah. yeah. And so at each, so at each level, you've got to have kind of a gatekeeping information, uh, you know, data layers. So you've got to, and, and so at each, at each of those different levels, you've got, most of the time, different technologies. You've got different networking topologies, and you've got different people resources that are actually responsible for that. So, for example, going you know going from instrumentation to control, you've got instrumentation and elect you know elect, electrical specialists, uh, technicians, engineers. But then even just going up to the next the, the supervisory level or the plant wide level, you've got you kind of get more into the software experts that know how databases work and experts on on uh, computer operating systems and those kinds of things and so so even inside the just inside the plant you've got different kinds of resources and different technologies and yeah it gets complicated before you even get to the IT folks you know that they're going through the the, the really complex uh, uh, firewalls and, and enterprise you know IT discussions so it's complicated and what you see a lot of times, 
at least in my experience, is you know the, the large companies have maybe have every single level in this in this model down to the T, but not every company can afford to to move data between all these levels. And so in certain industries where they you would like to have more information about your equipment, uh, about your process, it just becomes unaffordable to, to provide. So there's always been kind of a disconnect. And, you know, the, especially the folks at the sort of at the lower le- levels that are responsible for keeping equipment running well and, and, and keeping, uh, you know, uh, the facilities r- operating smoothly, um, it becomes a challenge for them sometimes. And it probably didn't scale as well either. I mean, considering the amount of infrastructure required, you know, the, to to scale up to larger, you know, enterprises, it's right. hard, difficult. Mm-hmm. So as you kind of presented in your tech talk, the IIoT is is definitely a different kind of a different model or a different method. So uh, maybe mm-hmm. elaborate a little bit and what makes it different sure. from that Purdue model. Yeah. So a couple of things. So you know, so the IIoT model originated, you know, just with the Internet of Things that we hear about, you know, on TV commercials and, and kind of in, in a lot of media where you've got information. Maybe you've got your, you know, at home, you've got your your thermostat or you've got your ring doorbell or you've got, you know, you, you've most of us have, you know, have any number of devices connected to our home Wi-Fi system. And then a lot of times we have the ability to, you know, to open up our phone and say, you know, I want to know, you know, I want to know what the temperature is in my house while I'm at work. I want to make sure the air conditioner is running or I want to make sure it's not running. Those kinds of things. And, and, so, and so this Internet of Things model, much simpler model kind of developed where, where you've got your sensor or you, you've got your, you know, your level zero uh, instruments connected to a very simple network that just pushes data right, just uh, makes data available to anybody that wants to subscribe to it. And so instead of having to go through one level after another, you basically just have your your sensing devices and your clients all connected in kind of an area we call a broker. And so instead of having six layers, you know, you've just got a one or two just just uh, a lot simpler um, to uh, to put together and and another thing that that with the Purdue model that's a really good thing is is you have you have a lot of data checks and, and data quality so if you want to push you know if you want to get data from one level to another you have a handshaking type of uh, protocol that makes sure the data is proper and then both sides of the lo- both sides of of the uh, of the model have the same data. What's different about IIoT is the sensor publishes the data, the broker takes it and kind of, and so, and so then the broker makes it available for clients, but there's a decoupling between the client and the server, if you or the provider or the publisher of the data. And so what that gives you, that gives you the ability to scale um, a lot more than what you, what you can do in the Purdue model. Um, because a lot of times the broker, is you know exists on a you know in a, in a data cloud or, or 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 something, and so your so your your sensing devices or your those kind of devices aren't dependent upon the clients getting the data. So you've got this decoupling, which makes which which makes the this type of communication much more scalable and much more simpler to implement. 
than you would in a traditional system. Instead of having to kind of go back through the the, the total like layer upon layer, going through all those layers to get down to the plant floor. Now, mm-hmm. like everything can kind of can kind of hit this one broker, mm-hmm. right? For at any layer, can kind of hit the broker, kind of right. streamlining. That's right. Yeah, it makes it a lot simpler. And then and then and then for the industrial customers, you know, you've really this whole. IOT structure can be set up by one entity. So you don't have to have buy-in from multiple plant resources and a corporate resource. And then, you know, four or five different technologies. This can all, this, uh, this type of, of messaging can be handled by a, you know, single entity, one basic technology and it's done. So, uh, so what they call a lightweight you know, messaging protocol instead of having to go through multiple gateways and multiple technologies. And I imagine that makes it where the data can be accessible by whoever, whatever the stakeholder would be, be it a maintenance person or right. even a senior management. Senior level management, also. right, exactly. And and so, yeah, makes it a lot easier. So we're finding that, you know, we're, traditionally we're, we're pretty used to the industrial protocols like Modbus and Ether and IP and, you know, the various industrial protocols that you know we've used for 20 30 years now iiot seems to have a different kind of different set of protocols perhaps right, right. so maybe what are a few of those or which or which ones are at least becoming the most commonly used? yeah so so the really big one that we see almost everywhere is is as uh what's called mqtt and that stands for message messaging queuing telemetry protocol so we see many devices and and i would call that a sort of a de facto standard and and mqtt is also iot as well as iiot technology so that's probably helped help that that uh, technology become become widely available and so um there's a couple others out there uh lower wan and, and sigfox i think that are a little more specific to to, spe- to different industries but from my experience it seems as if mqtt is kind of the the primary protocol that's that's uh that's really being used across industries and a lot a lot of the uh, technology providers have have jumped onto it including rockwell yeah so let's talk a little about a little bit about how we can integrate rockwell controllers with mqtt i guess and, and perhaps send that data up to a broker yeah and that's a that's the good news so we, we've got two options and uh you know as you know we've got the logics platform was you know, our predominant controller platform uh, takes many, many forms in, in the control logics as well as compact logics. And, and so, uh, so Rockwell has uh, published some add-on instructions that are used in the logics platform. That is a, probably the, the main option that we have. And, and, and those add-on instructions are available from Rockwell's website. Uh, there's a, Rockwell has a sample code website where there's quite a bit of sample code out there available for, for users. And so the MQTT is, is part of that. One thing to keep in mind on the, on the logics controller, you'll need to use uh, Ethernet sockets which is supported um, with uh, most of our compact logics systems as well as the, the newer control logics uh, controllers. You'll need version 24 of, of Studio 5000 or newer, but we, you know, uh, in the control logics um, Ethernet modules like the EN2T, the 2TR, the, those all support so- the socket interface. And so that's a, uh, so that would be a common, a common solution on the logic side. Um, and so what you do is 
inside the socket interface. Uh, we, we, we use sockets to, uh, to do some other things as well in the, in the controller. And, and, the, and for example, uh, Modbus Communications um, is, is another example. But uh, inside the socket interface, topics are subscribed and, and unsubscribed and published. And so uh, through the socket interface, we, we use MQ, the MQTT protocol that then would communicate to an MQTT broker. So that's how the, the logics uh, side works. And, and as well as that, we also have uh, the Micro 800 uh, supports um, MQTT natively out of the, uh, e- out of, out of the Ethernet port. So uh, those of you familiar with Micro 800s, that would be the, the 820, the 850, and the 870. Um, all, all three of those controller lines will, will support MQTT. And another download on the, on the Rockwell uh, sample code website is, would be the uh, user-defined function block that would handle the MQTT uh, communications inside of, uh, of, the, of the Micro 800 controllers. And so you would import those those user-defined function blocks into uh, Connected Components Workbench software, and uh, and then you'd be able to build your um, your direct MQTT uh, communications. And it supports there's some some authentication and quality of service uh, features that are built into MQTT and and uh, and the Micro 800 uh, user-defined function block support those. So, so we really have two different options for 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 both our you know, both uh, controller lines that we uh, take to market. Yeah, so they both pretty much just drop it in a, a rung or two of logic and a an add-on instruction or or user-defined function block that's mm-hmm. pre-built and free yeah. and available from Rockwell. That's right. So it's not that hard to to integrate that into right. The, uh, into yeah, the yeah. I mean those 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 of you that that are familiar with with building logic programs, you know, it'd be just like you know, drag and drop and configuring the 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 AOI either the AOI or the or the UDFB and and off you go. So it doesn't require any extra you know any specific hardware to be purchased or anything like that. It's it's just as long as you've got version twenty four and newer and. Uh, and the uh, you know the, the compact logics uh, fifty three eighty or or the fifty three seventy and the um, or a, or an EM two T. All right, I guess in the last piece of the tech talk, you had also introduced or discussed the Factory Talk Edge Gateway, which is a relatively new product from Rockwell, and we actually did a tech talk on the on the on the Edge Gateway. I think late last year, maybe introduced it. Let's just kind mm-hmm. of talk again about what what makes the uh, Edge Gateway different and, and why it helps here in the IIoT model. Yeah, so and I think I think the edge gateway is going to be going to be really key for us as we build as we build this kind of new architecture for for industrial uses um, throughout our, our customer base. In some ways, I, I think that the edge gateway is is kind of in, in, in the Rockwell world is going to be like IIoT through the front door. Um, as opposed to sort of writing your own code and and um, and, and communicating directly uh, UMQTT protocol. A couple of reasons why I think that. I think number one, if if you look at the gateway, at the edge gateway, um, it uses kind of what we call our traditional data sources to get data. So so you can so for example, you can use RS Links Enterprise to get at sort of the old, your older controllers, even like SLICs and PLC fives. We also use a wider range of logics controllers. So you really, um, 
version 16 and, and higher uh, are supported for, uh, for as data sources. Uh, we use our using our standard Ethernet IP communications for those. What that also gives us the ability to do is is uh, pull from things like drives and and, and MCCs and, and some other you know technologies that Rockwell offers. So so we're 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 really broadening the data source options as well as uh, you know Kepware and, and other OPC sources. From that standpoint, I think we're. It's it's gonna it looks a lot more like a traditional data model at least how we're gathering the data and then the other thing that's 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 really nice is there's a uh, smart object that's built in to the edge gateway that sits in the controller and so this this smart object allows you to create this data model that's going to be replicated throughout the rest of the uh, the rest of the system and and all the way up to the analytics so I kind of in some ways it it, it really helps you standardize your your data as it goes all the way up to the enterprise or it's maybe you're being it's being used at the plant level in a you know at the plant wide historian for for some of uh some of the visualization uh needs at the at the at the plant level as well as the enterprise level in much the same way uh you know plant pax helps standardize your your process controller code and your hmi visualization and uh and face plates the edge gateway helps standardize your data model in ways that we haven't been able to do before. So I think for those two reasons, I think we're going to see a, a lot of adoption of the edge gateway for an IIoT type of architecture um, going forward. So I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, seeing uh, you know more functionality and 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 uh, as we go forward with it. Well, David, I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, kind of give us a little bit more discussion around the tech talk and the IIoT. I know this is going to be a topic that we're going to have to spend more time talking about. We're not new, but mm-hmm. just something that maybe we're, we're finally starting to see some traction perhaps. Um, yeah. So it's kind of important for us to, to start to talk about yeah. IIoT and how we can help our customers. Definitely. There. Definitely. My pleasure. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed the time today and uh, appreciate it, Wayne. Thank you for listening to this episode of TRC Talks. For support, please see our website, reynoldsonline.com. And for those outside of our area, please visit rockwellautomation.com and you can find your authorized local distributor there. Check our show notes for links to contact our team. TRC Talks is produced and hosted by Wayne Welk and Brad Freeman of the Reynolds Company. Editing and mixing for this episode were by Brad Freeman and today's guest was David Thank you again, and we will see you in the next episode.